Have your Bibles open up to Hebrews chapter 12. And last week we began the study. And we're probably going to be here for a while on Tuesday nights. Because if we get this and... Uh, in fact, I was listening to a gentleman today that, that I really uh, appreciate. In fact, I, I have almost everything he's ever taught on CD, on Covenant. His name is Malcolm Smith. And uh, so I, I first heard him back in 1989, when, right when we first started the church. And I really started studying Covenant from there. I had an understanding of it, but I really started getting into understanding Covenant. And as I said last Tuesday night, everything God does in relationship with us is through Covenant. And if you don't understand Covenant, then the Bible is just a book of stories, but when you understand everything is knit together and threaded together through the principle of covenant, then we begin to, oh, it's not just this story and this story and this story, but they're all interwoven and they're all a revelation and based upon the covenant that God's made with us. And so Ephesians, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 13. And uh, let me get there. I have you guys there, but Hebrews 13 in verse 20, just the one verse there, and then we'll read a couple out of Ephesians. Hebrews 13 and verse 20 says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of what? The everlasting covenant. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So how long is an everlasting covenant? A long time. You know, it's hard to think everlasting when we are creatures of time, huh? Yeah. I just our, our mind can't comprehend that. In fact, it was interesting. I looked up the term everlasting in the dictionary, and it was very deep. It said lasting forever. <laughs> okay. It said eternal. Yeah. It said everlasting future life. It says continuing foreign and for an indefinitely long time. <laughs> a long, not just a, a long time, an indefinitely long time. You know, it's going to be like, are we there yet? Amen? A long time. But then it was interesting, the last thing it said was, the everlasting God. In the dictionary, it defined everlasting as the everlasting God. So God has made an everlasting covenant with us. It's amazing that He declared, there's some things that He declared to the nation of Israel as, an, as part of an everlasting covenant, which means if it's everlasting, it's not going to be broken. Are you with me? And so that's so important for us to understand. Here's the other thing that is so important about understanding covenant. Covenant changes your prayer life. A right understanding about covenant changes your prayer life. It changes how you understand the Word of God. Amen? It changes how you approach God. It, it changes everything. And it opens up your understanding of the Bible. And it also helps you understand biblical prophecy. All prophecy is a declaration of covenant coming to pass. When the prophets prophesied, they proclaimed covenant promise. The prophet said, God says, thus saith the Lord, this is what I'm going to do. And everything they declared is a declaration of his everlasting covenant. Are you with me? So it's so important to understand that. Where people mess up in prophecy, how do we get so many interpretations on prophecy? Because people uh, interpret prophecy by trying to understand signs and time, but you can only interpret prophecy through covenant. Especially understanding the church and understanding Israel. Israel is God's covenant people. They are a called out people out of all of humanity. God called out this people and he raised him up as a nation unto himself and made a covenant with them. And part of that covenant he declared is an everlasting covenant. That through them the Redeemer would come. 
And we are partaking out of that covenant that he made with them and that we are grafted into that and he is going to complete that. And so then you get people who try to blend. And, and now because of the spiritual side, we don't understand it and the natural side of that, but we try to blend the church and Israel. And then we have people who even try to do away with Israel, make the church because we're now all spiritually Israel. We try to do away with natural Israel. And, and you just end up in the land of stupid and the land of confusion. Amen. And because and, and, once you get off, it, it gets way off. Amen. And, and so people start throwing things away. God will never throw away Israel. This is what God said about Israel, Jeremiah. If the sun ever refuses to shine or the moon ever does or the stars throw out of the sky, then I will alter the word in my covenant that I've spoken to Israel. So do we still have sun in the sky? Do we still have a moon? The star's still there? Then God's word to Israel is still true, regardless of what anybody's book says. Because you have to go by what God says, not, and, and that's the whole thing. Always stay with the book. Just stay with the book. Just read the book, and if somebody has an opinion that, that adds something to or takes something away, and then when you get into Bible prophecy, I don't want to get way off on this right now. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1 while I'm saying this. When you get into Bible prophecy, you get into people because the Word of God speaks in pictures and allegory. But if you get into allegorical translations of, of, of prophecy and an allegory, I say, well, it, it, it says that, but it means this. It's an allegory. It's an illustration. And then, but once you interpret Scripture from being literal to being allegorical, then anybody can have an opinion. Yeah. I mean, know what I'm saying. And so then once you get all the opinion, and then those opinions can take you anywhere, and that's how we end up in cults, that's how we end up in other things, because the way people begin to interpret Scripture, and they start getting way off. Ephesians chapter 1, and look at verse 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood. And so we read that it's through the blood of the everlasting covenant, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of what? His grace, which He made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery, everybody say the mystery, of His will, according to His, to his good pleasure, which He what? Purposed in Himself. So God's doing so far, we're not doing too much in this, are we? We're just beneficiaries, you know, we're just, we're just the benefactors of this. Amen. Now watch it. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Everybody say dispensation. dispensation. So in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and in and which are on the earth in him, in whom we also have attained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, and that he who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. So God has some declared things from the beginning. They've been a mystery. They've been in, but now they're being made known. Now look at Hebrew, I mean Ephesians chapter 3 and, and uh, beginning in uh, verse 8. Paul writes, To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make known to all the people and to make all the people see what is the fellowship of the mystery there Paul speaking that mystery again which from the beginning of what the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So even through you and I, things are being made known through the church that have been hidden from beginning of, of time, not from eternity. eternity. You can't think of eternity as time. There can't be a beginning in eternity or there would be time in eternity. See, our vocabulary, our, the, our human vocabulary can only speak in the parameters of time. We don't know how to communicate outside of time. All right? Okay, or make a word that really explains that. So that's why you get statements like this. <laughs> continuing for an indefinitely long time. <laughs> Ever. That cracked me up when I read that. All right, now what? According, now watch this, verse 11. 
according to what? The eternal, what? Purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. So that boldness and that access that we have in Christ is a covenant term. We have access. So where do we get our access? It's through the covenant. I said it last week. I'll say it this way. Is that this is a book of covenant. That's what this is. It's a book of covenant. You have the old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant is God's word sealed in the blood of animals. The new covenant is God's word sealed in the blood of his son. And the only thing God is doing in the earth is His Word. He's not doing man's opinion. He is only doing His Word. And that's why it is vitally important that you be a student of the Word. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. Now we quote this all the time, but I don't know if we ever stop and think about what we say all the time. It's a fun, it's a fun promise to quote. The Lord has just finished telling them, you're going to go into captivity for 70 years, then I'm going to bring you out. That's exciting. How'd you like to get that word? <laughs> Amen. How, how many know if it's an everlasting covenant, God's not in a hurry? Do you know why we want God to do everything fast? Because we're aware that we don't have much time here. We only think in the parameters of time. And when you think in the parameters of time, you usually get messed up. God's not thinking in time. He just stamped you with eternity. You are not a time being. You are an eternal being. Amen. And that's why you have to think with an eternal mindset. When you think in the parameters of time, then you're going to mess things up. Well, God, hurry up. I don't have much time. When's God going to do it? I'm on a time schedule. I have this. I have that. I have to do this. No. God does everything according to His time, not ours. And all I want to do is learn how to walk, just walk in the light as He is in light. Amen? Just walk in that knowing with Him, and everything works out all right. So look at this, verse 11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope in a future. Then, when you come back from captivity, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Now watch it. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Okay, now let me ask you this question. Where do you think we're going to find God? So if, if, if you take that to seek God and to find Him, where are you going to find Him? Huh? Okay, where are you going to seek Him? You're going to go to Bismarck, North Dakota. Is He there? I mean, where, where, where are you going to seek God at? There you go, in His Word. Where are you going to find Him? In His Word. Where does He reveal Himself to us? In His Word, through His Word. So to take God, the, the reason they went into captivity is because they abandoned His Word. And they did not <clears throat> keep His covenant. God's covenant is His declared Word to His people. Are you with me? And so with that, if I'm going to know God, I have to seek Him in His Word. We have to be people of the Word, not people of sermons. My, my only job as your pastor is to ignite a hunger in you to open the book for yourself, to get in here and to seek God. I, 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 can, I can ignite you and inspire you, but I can't seek for you. I can't find for you. You have to develop that hunger. And so he's there to be found, but I have to seek him, and I have to desire to know him. Now, I'm not, I, I'm, I, this afternoon as I was going over this, I just had a whole bunch more stuff, and so I don't know how long we'll be on this. It'll be good, and it'll be a long time. Amen. Turn with me to Psalms 25. Amen. It's going to be an everlasting lesson. How long is that? An indefinitely long time. Psalms 25. Psalms 25. And verse 14. Now watch this. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. The secret of the Lord 
is with those who fear Him. And He will show them His covenant. Okay. How many know the fear of the Lord is not the same as the fear of the dark? Not the same as the fear of spiders, not the same as the fear of whatever. Okay. It's, not a, it's not a phobia. It is a reverential respect. It's an, it's, actually, it's an awe. That, that when you consider God, the infinite, inexpressible, unimaginable God, you are in awe of Him. And being in awe of Him, there is a trembling and an awareness of how significant He is and how significant you are in His presence. And you are in awe that you are still existing. In, in the Old Testament, they would see the Lord and they would be amazed. I saw the Lord and, and I'm still here. I'm still alive. And they would fall, I mean, I'm saying, they would fall on their face and, they, and just that awesomeness of his presence and, and, and who he is. And that, so that's that fear. Now look at, and he will show them his covenant. Now get it. The secret of the Lord, okay? Let me turn my. Not a public conversation. I went over and whispered a secret to her. It didn't get recorded on the CD. Nobody else heard it. Just her and I. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. And to them, He will show His covenant. Are you getting this? And when we understand that, that God has a secret that He wants to share with you. And so, when I begin to reverence Him and acknowledge Him, then amazing things happen. See, the, 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 uh, another translation says it like this. The secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear Him. And He reveals His covenant to them. But, but I have to have that reverential respect. And so fear really tells us, and fear of the Lord opens the door for me to be to walk with God by faith. The New Living Translation says it like this, The Lord is a friend to those who fear Him. He teaches them His covenant. I don't know about you, I, I, want, I want God to teach me. I want God to whisper in my ear. Amen. The secret thing. I, I want to seek Him and find Him. And I want Him revealing His truth into my heart and into my life. See, in the early church, they, 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 there were things they talked about openly with everybody. They'd go out and they'd preach the gospel, street ministry. But then there were secret things that belonged to the church. And, and when it came to those teachings and that, then, then people, when, when they knew you were of the fellowship, you'd been baptized, and your part, and your confession, and, and you were a true believer, then they would teach the other things to you, much like Jesus did with his disciples. He spoke publicly in parables, to the, and, and, and people could grab hold of the parables and inquire and seek more, but, but then other things, he took his disciples' side, and he said, and he explained more clearly to them. Amen? And so that's so important. It's just like Aquila and Priscilla in Acts chapter 18. You find Apollos comes into town and he's preaching. And then uh, uh, Aquila and Priscilla take him aside and they expound the word of God to him more clearly. This thing driving me crazy. Amen. I need to have bigger ears. Hallelujah. My microphone would stay on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now watch this. So the fear of God is to stand in awe. Uh, uh, let, let me just go back to that. So the, the, uh, excuse me. Um, so there, there, there were secret things that they would share only with and the private thing that we would only share with true believers. Why? Because the natural man cannot receive them. 
See, to tell everything, people are just, not everybody wants to hear. They're not going to listen to it. And so that's why the Bible says, don't cast your pearls before the swine. Sometimes they don't try to share deep things with God. They're not going to hear that. They, they just need to know that God loved them and they need to get saved. They're just at John 3.16 level. Are you doing all right? But then when, when I begin to walk with God, He has secret things that they want to, that He desires to reveal to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, turn over there with me, watch this. But as it is written, verse 9, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who what? Love him. him. Verse 10. But God has what? Revealed them to us through his spirit. Okay. So there are things that God will reveal to you and I by his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of God except the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know. Everybody say, might know. So look at that. So that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So God's given us this great covenant, and we're supposed to be able to know that. But you have to seek Him if you're going to find Him. You have to be people of the Word. Here's what we've done. In America, we like to be served. We like to go sit down and eat and have people serve us and clean up after us. We like good service. We like quick service. We like choices for service. But nobody can serve you what you need to know about God. And so what we've done, we've been Americanized in our mentality and our approach to God, and you expect the pastor to serve you everything you need to know about God. And that's right, it's not going to happen. I'm just supposed to, I'm an appetizer. (laughs) I'm just supposed to make you hungry for more. Amen? It it just kind of, you know, this, I'm not not supposed to feed you the whole meal. I'm supposed to make you have a desire to want to find and to dig and to search and to get in there. Amen? And to help and and, and to perfect and, and do some of those things. It all works together, but not just to serve. So people come in and they think, oh, I'm going to go to the church. I'll find the church that will take care of everything. And, and then I won't have to do anything from our own spiritual well-being. Not so. You have a covenant with God, but they're revealed to you. He's given to you that you could know those things that have been freely given to you by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual to spiritual. Look at verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Amen? Now, so... Go back to this thought of an everlasting covenant. Now, let me just say this because I'm going to touch on it as we start running through the outline here in just a minute. But watch this. Last week, we kind of went over this and touched on about God being bigger than words. But God has to be bigger than your imagination. Okay? He has to be bigger than our imagination. Anything we can imagine God to be is connected to the image of your mind. Okay? Anything connected to the image of our mind is the least of who He is, and it borders on idolatry. Anything that's connected to just the image of what you can think about God in your mind is the least God will ever be. Okay? And, and, and it borders on idolatry because you've created an image of God. Okay, But here's the problem. It's easier to worship an image than to seek to know the true God. It's easy to get an image of God and an understanding of God in my mind and worship that than it is to worship the everlasting God, the infinite God, the unexplainable God. Amen? So, how can I draw this? Okay. 
alpha Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, right? Okay. So the, the only way for him to be an Alpha and Omega, if we put this in perspective, this is time. Okay. We read in Ephesians 1 that in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Okay. So this is, this arrow is, okay. This is the eternal plan of God. Eternal purpose, or the everlasting covenant. Okay? Started out outside of time, eternity. Okay? It's going to end up in... Eternity. Amen? It's an everlasting covenant. But in time, from the Alpha to the Omega, from the beginning of time to the end of time, what's going to happen? In each space, there are generations. Okay? Write these verses down. Deuteronomy 7, 9. You can turn there. You can write them down on the back of your page or whatever. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9. Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. Okay? First John we said, how do we know we love Him? We've been saying on Sunday, how do we know we love Him? How? By this we know that we love Him if we... Keep his commandments. Okay? So look what it says. So it hasn't changed. Doing all right? Okay. So if we keep his commandments, then he keeps covenant with us to a thousand generations. Now each one of these is a generation. And what we have, you have in the generation of Adam, there was a covenant or a revealing, a partial revealing to this generation of the everlasting covenant. And then to each generation, there is a revealing that comes. And then with Noah, there was another covenant made and the rainbow. And so partial of this, and so it keeps building from one generation to the next. There is a revealing that comes. And then we come out of Noah, and then we come to Abraham. Okay? And then we come to Moses. All right, and then we come to David, okay, and it keeps, there's a continual revealing, okay, and then we come to Christ, okay, and so in each generation, there is a revealing that's coming, but it's only one covenant, are you doing all right, it is the everlasting covenant, and it's only one, and, and so when you read your Bible, you go, well, what, 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 well, how come this story, how does, you know, how does Noah make it out of the flood because of what's revealed in the covenant? How does Abraham do this? How does David kill Goliath? How does Moses deliver the people? How does Abraham possess the promise and get a resurrected son and, get, and all that? How does Noah and, and everything work? How does that happen? Because the Bible is not just a book of stories. It's the revealed covenant of God, God's plan for humanity. Are you with me? Yeah. And so it's so important to understand, because if we don't get this, then, then, then we'll mess it all up, and then we come away confused. But in every generation, and then look what Paul said. Paul is in here, and he says, according to the dispensation. So every generation, and this generation is only responsible for what's revealed to them in their generation. This generation isn't responsible for this one, but, but what comes along is, is now we're at the place where we have all this revelation. Okay? And, and we're coming to the culmination of all things. Now, look at When we get to the end, there's going to be a new heaven and a new what? Okay? 
and that new heaven and that new earth are going to be in, those are in eternity, not in time. Right? And, but the hard thing for us, it is so hard to think because we're, we're, in we're in here. And, and all of our mind works in here. Everything about it. And so when we read our Bible, we're just caught in the parentheses of time. And you have to think outside of the boundaries of time to understand God and to understand His Word. Doing okay? Before time began, God is. Who do I tell Him sent me? I am. Okay? I am sent me. That's the only way God defines Himself. He just says, I am. He didn't say, this is how I came to being. This is how I did that. He, he doesn't explain Himself. He declares Himself. Are you with me? And so it's so important that we get that. Look with me at your outline on the cover there. So when it comes to understanding God and His purpose and plan for our lives, it is almost impossible to do so without a proper understanding of covenant. How can we wrap our minds around words like everlasting, eternal, before time began? All right? Go with me. I'm ahead of myself, but go with me to Titus chapter 1. Watch this. Titus chapter 1. Because these phrases, there's lots of them in the Bible. I'll pull them all together, but I like doing that. I like to find phrases and then find out how many times they're in there. It's just like I did on the study in first time when I started, by this we know, by this we know, by this. But man, nine times. It must be important if he says it nine times. Amen? In just those few verses. Titus chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God, elect and acknowledgement of the truth, which is according to godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised, what? God promised what? Eternal life before what? So we were promised eternal life when? Before time began. Yeah, but wait a minute. Jesus died in time. But life was promised to us, so this whole thing before time began. Yes. Are you with me? Yeah. And I, I probably would, I wouldn't really tend to do this tonight, but, but this will help. Peter talks about, when you get in Peter, Peter goes all the way back to here, and he talks about the world. That then was. Okay? And so he talks about, and even if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, you know what you find? The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the deep. It didn't, move, it didn't create out of nothing. Genesis chapter 1 isn't the creation of nothing out of nothing, not the beginning of creation. It's the recreation of the earth. When, when the Lord said replenish, you don't replenish something that was never full. Replenish the earth and subdue it. Okay? So I have no problem with stuff before us. Our problem is, we think we're just so egotistical. We think everything God ever did that God began with us because we're so awesome. <laughs> he began with us. No. We'll get to it in, in a couple of weeks on why and, and how God, and, and I, I've touched on it, that God being loved, uh, last week and, and Sunday morning I touched on it, that God as love made us as the object of His love, so we'd have somebody to give His love to. But if you watch it, if, if you read the beginning of your Bible, and the end of your Bible, the end of your Bible is a new heaven and a new earth. Okay? And today, we got a lot of kingdom age people that are just trying to fix the old earth. Yeah. Yeah. We're the kingdom, we're going to establish the kingdom, we're going to take authority, and we're going to do all that. And I tease them all the time. I said, if you guys are doing that, you're really sucking at this kingdom stuff. Because the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, the world's not getting better, and they're going, we just need to rise up and exercise our dominion. Exercise. I said, I don't see that verse in the Bible. The, you keep reading, this thing comes to a culmination. It doesn't come to where we present the earth back, and we rise up as Christ in the earth and present, present it back through our dominion. 
and that. I have one person says, well, the Lord has already come and He's continually coming in. Into, I say, come on, you're just making stuff up. <laughs> Amen? And yet, but, so with, but, but it's a new heaven and a new earth. And what happens is, is that before this, everything, there's a place right before the beginning where the earth was in chaos. Okay? And then God moved on that. But if you go back even in uh, Isaiah and Ezekiel, but they talk about the fall of Satan. And so what happened before man became, before man came on the scene, there was a corruption that took place in heaven. And Jesus said, behold, I, uh, Revelation 12, I, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Okay? And so there, there was a corruption where Satan and a third of, of the angels were cast out of heaven. Okay? And so through this whole process, what God is doing, part of the eternal purpose, is the redemption of heaven. And you, in His eternal purpose, eternal covenant, that through man and His creation, God would redeem heaven. Are you with me? And so, God's plan is bigger than your need. <laughs> and if I ever get out of shrinking God down to the God who just meets my need and living just for the promises of my need in my little parenthesis, I want a God bigger than the parenthetical space of my time. I want to live in a reality of a God who is not just concerned about my life, but if I ever get my mind out of my parenthesis into His eternal purpose, I will never have a need in my time. Do you understand that? Because God is going to fulfill His purpose through man. That's why it says the Lord, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, looking for a man on whose behalf he can show himself strong. Because he purposed that he would redeem heaven through this humanity that he created and he made to love. So God creates humanity, sets man on the earth where the devil's been cast down to. This earth is in chaos and he puts man here. And because of Satan's interaction with man, God ultimately judges him, eternally judges him. Him, rids heaven forever of him. Are you with this? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's getting rid of him through us, and he gives us dominion and authority. But, but if I don't think in the right term, then we just think way too small. And, and that's when we study covenant, and we hear words like everlasting, eternal, our mind can't grab that. So you have to get out of, like I said Sunday morning, there is a knowing, as we just read in 1 Corinthians 2, there's a knowing and the Holy Spirit has so much He wants to reveal to our spirit. And when I understand that God works all by the, this everlasting covenant, that every time He finds a man, He can reveal a portion of that and a portion and a portion. And we have this glorious privilege of living in the day of the fullness of the revelation of the covenant for this space of time. We're walking in it all. Isn't that exciting? We can, see, see, it says holy men of old wanted to see. That we, they, they, they kept... They, they were... They get a portion and they go, man, this isn't enough because what was said here, they knew. See, see to Abraham that to your seed, I will give this. And, and, and so he just got a promise of what was coming. And they got to prophesy about what was coming. And they could talk about what was coming. And these guys go, I want to see that. <laughs> and says, holy men of old wanted to see what we're in. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And so we're in this, and God wants to reveal this to us, but we have to somewhere, we have to get un-Americanized. Yes. 
and, and just get back and say, God, I, I just want to know you, and I, I want to find out what you have to show. You know, I looked up the word eternal in the dictionary too, and everlasting. They said eternal meant without beginning or end, lasting forever, always existing. And then it said the eternal God. So it said the everlasting God, and then it said the eternal God. So even the dictionary is smart enough to acknowledge God. Amen? So watch this. So think about it. God is still the God who is bigger than words. Okay, I'm just trying to get us outside of time if I can, and outside of our mind in, in our faith in God. So if I asked Robin, I said, Robin, what's God like? Okay, give, give me three words to describe God. Okay, loving, awesome, and powerful. Could anybody add anything to that? All-knowing, okay. Anybody else? Comforting. Huh? Comforting. Comforting, okay. Huh? Forgiving. Awesome. Okay. How many know we could be here for the next 55 years describing God and never describe God? Never com- so, so be- because we're, we're describing something beyond description. And so when you start thinking about God, so it, it's like I said Sunday morning. Okay, if you have asked the God, if you've asked this guy <laughs> to find your car keys, <laughs> okay, and say, God, find my keys, where's my keys, help, and this infinite God cares enough to help you find your keys or to get you a parking space up front at the grocery store, whatever it may be, if he cares about little silly stuff. Stuff that makes no difference about it, but it's important to you. And this infinite God comes down. He loves you so much that he comes down to give you car keys and parking spaces. And so when I think about that, so to comprehend that kind of love and somebody that could be bothered and and do all that, when you step into that, your faith begins to explode. He... We sang about it. Miracles. You do miracles. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, watch this. Wow, this is going fast. This could be a 10-year outline. So what? We're not to be discouraged by our inability to comprehend the one who is beyond comprehension. I just want you to hear this. People keep trying to figure God out. You are not supposed to figure Him out. You're supposed to believe Him. You you, you have to believe God. Okay? Not figure Him out. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. That's what we read. He is the one who is here to reveal the things of God to us. And if I just get past trying to figure Him out, and I just get to where I want to know Him. I just want to know you. I don't want to understand you. Get past trying to understand God, trying to figure God out, all your questions. Well, I don't understand how. How's God going to do that? Just give yourself a break. Amen? Just give yourself a break. And just go back and remember, He found your keys. Okay, tell me how He did that. If you can't comprehend that... Then if he told you how he's going to do everything else, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it anyway. Watch it. You, you know what's cool about God? When, when you go, go, go back and read the life of David. David, you're going to be king. But I'm going to take you here to 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 here in a cave and a thing. And then, then. Well, why does he have to do it? I don't understand why he has to do it that way. He doesn't counsel with you. Look at, look at, it, it's, look at, look at, <laughs> it's already an established eternal, the plan is already set. That's right. It's an eternal plan. And, and Paul just said, hey, that, that this, this is my dispensation. 
to all, and so all that's been revealed, God, before Alpha began and before Omega, he established the eternal plan. It was set. It is set. It is coming to pass. Psalms 119, verse 84, forever, I believe it is, forever, O oh God, your word is settled in heaven. God settled his word before he released his word. And so once it's set, it's coming to pass. Wisdom says, agree. Just agree. And when we agree, we see the performance of his word. See, we want to know. I don't care to know anything. Okay, look, look at the inside of the, the next page of your outline and uh, skip down to the middle where it says true worship. Point number E and it's inside page. Watch it. Because we covered the other part last week. True worship comes when I reach a place where I cannot express in words but stand in awe of the God who is beyond the limits and boundaries in my mind. True worship comes not singing words off a wall. Not singing a song. True worship of God comes when I reach a place where I cannot express in words, but stand in awe of the God who is beyond the limits and boundaries of my mind. That's why He can only be known by revelation. Not by our mind, but by revelation. What does that mean? The highest form of worship you can give to God is nothing except Believing this word. The highest form of worship you give to God is when you believe his word, receive his word, and live his word. You cannot sing a song that replaces believing, receiving, and living. I don't care how good the song is. I don't care how good the music is. I don't care how good the lights were. I don't care how good anything was. Nothing replaces taking God at His Word. The highest form of worship you can give to God is to take Him at His Word. The centurion came to Jesus and said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house and, 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 uh, and pray for my Just speak the Word and my servant will be made whole. Jesus turned around. Guys, 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 that's what I'm looking for. I haven't found that kind of faith in all of Israel. Somebody who heard and believed and acted on it. Highest form of worship you can give to God. Amen. If I think highest form is singing or doing this and this. No, we, we, see, what happens is, is we get emotion out of that. Hope I don't make anybody mad right here. We, get emo, we think emotion is worship. God says, believing me is worship. Okay. Which is why the, the first place worship is mentioned is Genesis 22. When Abraham said to his attendants, wait here, the lad and I are going to go yonder and worship. Because God said, give me your son, your only son, Isaac. Give me your son, your only son. Go up the hill and give me your son, your only son, Isaac. Okay? Okay. I'm going to go worship God. How? I heard his word. I received his word. And I am obeying his word. Amen. Don't misunderstand. I love song. I love the word. I love everything about worship. I love the Davidic worship. I love, I love all the rejoices. But with that, after I sing, I must obey. You understand what I'm saying? After do anything, yeah, it doesn't matter. After everything, there has to be that obedience to the word. Are you with me? Yes. And so it's just that aspect. Uh, and I say it all the time in a context, but it just, it's not an attack because we are so, in, in America today, we're so caught up in the music of worship. And I love everything about the music. I, I believe in the prophetic. Bring me a minstrel. And the prophetic flows on, on the anointing. The minstrel and the prophet are divinely given. But when the minstrel and the prophet speak, 
You have to believe and you have to obey. Are, are you with me? So the highest form of worship we can give is receiving, believing, and obeying. Wow. See, true worship is to strip away everything but His Word from our life than to live it, trusting Him to perform it. True worship, take away everything, God. Amen. See, David sat there and said, though he slay, watch David, David. David, everything about his life stripped away. And David goes, though he slay me, yet shall I praise him. Amen? Are you with me? Because when it looks like even God is out to kill me, I'm going to praise him. Are we doing all right? Okay, so watch this. Hallelujah. Now watch. Write this down. Faith is never based on our ability to do anything. But on his faithfulness to perform what he's spoken concerning that. My faith is that people say, I just don't have enough faith because we're trying to do something with faith. If I just had more faith, I could really do great things for God. Jesus said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed that you can barely see with your eye. We think more is more. Jesus said less is more if you use it. Do you understand that? Because he said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you would say to a mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and it would obey you. You would say this tree be plucked up by the root and cast away, and it would obey you. Man, if I had more, faith is not based on our ability, but on his faithfulness to perform all that he has spoken. So watch, when, when, when I study covenant and I start watching it, that from the beginning God has revealed this eternal purpose. And everywhere men and women get into agreement with the covenant. Your Bible is, is the accounts of men and women in their generation coming into agreement with the revealed covenant of God. And when they did that, miracles were happening all around there. Signs and wonder exploding. And all they were doing with the green with what was Spoken. Glory to God. So what if we really became a covenant people? Father, I thank you tonight for this time together. Lord, I pray by your spirit. 